Hi guys, it's Jill, and welcome to the Jet Real Podcast. I am your host, Jet. That's me, um, except we call me Jill. Uh, apparently not everyone's aware of that, um, but I do say it at the beginning of every single one of my episodes. <laughs> that is my name, <laughs> not Jet. Anyway, this episode is about riding bridalists, which is the most popular topic, arguably, in the equestrian world. Everyone wants to do it. We all watched Black Stallion. We all watched Spirit Stallion of the Cimarron. It's, it's the most incredible thing that you can do with your horse. And that's what I'm working on. And I'm being semi-successful at it for the first time ever. So I'm going to talk about that. Okay, let's get to it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Hey dudes, um, are you ready? Are you ready for this? This is probably one of my favorite topics and one of the things that is most interesting to me. Also, I just want to say for the people that were like, hell yeah, Gil, let's talk about things that aren't related to horses. I am so sorry. <laughs> like, I did not intend to make this podcast about horses again. And uh, it's not a horse podcast, um, but that is heavily my audience and heavily my interest at the moment. So um, as it is my podcast, I will be talking about what I please. Um, And if you have some suggestions, shoot me an email, jetrealpodcast at gmail.com, and I will get to you as soon as I have time. Um, Yeah, so if you have any ideas, let me know, and I'll stop talking about horses. But um, it's just been super relevant for me lately. I did three episodes on depression when that was really relevant, and um, I need to do a follow-up episode on that. I have so many things I want to talk about, but I got I got to cover this because this is huge. Um, and it's uh, I'll give you my backstory with Bridalist. Um, obviously, I've seen all of the movies. It's been wonderful. I would love to do that. And I was like, yes, I'm going to get a horse. I'm going to make it love me and then we will ride into the sunset tackless and I will embody the Godiva chocolate lady. Um, (laughs) Newsflash, that's not how it works. Uh, We live in the real world where everything is less fun usually. Um, So you have to like make it happen. It doesn't just happen. Um, Some people have really super awesome broke horses. And when you take the bridle and saddle off, literally zero things change. And the horse still does all the things that it's supposed to do. And we go wonderful magic bond. Um, Some horses, on the other hand, can't do that. And I don't think that just because it doesn't work that way for every horse doesn't mean that there's no bond. Um, 
I think that that's an important thing because uh, I definitely thought that for a really long time. I also didn't know that I was going to tangent this way, but this is what we're doing. So I think it's important to talk about because I think it's really easy to get online and see people doing all the things um, with their horses. It's magical. It's beautiful. They look like they have the best relationship ever and then go, I can't do that. My horse doesn't act like that. Um, Everything sucks. I suck. My horse isn't, doesn't love me. How do we? And I just, you know, I don't think that that is the case. Also, don't know why I'm talking so fast. Uh, It's happening. I might have had a truly earlier, um, but I don't, (laughs) I don't know why that's making this happen. Um, Anyway, so, um, yeah, I, I just, I don't think that just because you can't just shift directly to bridalists without any training at all, um, that that equals no bond. Um, but I also think it's largely unrealistic in most cases to expect things to work without training, period. Like, I wouldn't expect a horse to stand still in the cross ties unless it's been taught to. I wouldn't expect a horse to take a bit unless it's been taught to. I wouldn't expect a horse to not pin its ears at a girth unless it's been taught to. Like, common sense, uh, this is our world. It is not natural for them. Uh, and if we want them to behave in our world the way that we would like, we have to teach them how. Duh. I don't know why that isn't instilled in us from the beginning. I'm mostly frustrated at me and the people that assisted me, but also they weren't assisted in that way when they were being brought up in the horse world. It's nobody's fault, but we can change it now. Um, so yeah, I think that it's our responsibility to teach the horses how we would like them to behave in our world. And uh, same goes for bridalists. You gotta teach it. <laughs> I don't think it's one of those things where if you take the bridle off and it doesn't work, you're doomed forever and the horse is never gonna learn how to do it. Oh, we're having some cat commentary. What's up, Archie? Um, anyway, no, I'm, re- I'm recording. No speaking. Shush, silence. Go away. I heart you, but no. Okay, so that was a fun thing that just happened. I talked for like five more minutes, but uh, apparently the cat paused the recording, so now I have to start over. Um, Anyway, I was never brave enough to uh, try bridalist when I was younger, but about the time that I was like 15, I was like, I'm going to do it. So I put on a paracord neck rope that I made from Hobby Lobby, and um, it did not go well. (laughs) I took Bo into... um, into a small paddock and I got on him with my helmet on of course and I put the thing around his neck and I took the halter off and I said off we go and I could not steer I could not slow down (laughs) and uh yeah it was a disaster and uh there was a big tree like at the end of the paddock that had really low branches so every time he went under that tree I had to jump off and then he learned that and then just kept going under the tree and uh, it was a disaster to say the least Um, because I got on and I just expected all of those things to work without having worked on them literally at all Um, so yeah and then I tried that a few more times and it just didn't work and I was like well I guess I just don't have that magical bond with him that sucks it's reality that I'm gonna have to come to terms with and you know, we'll just have to be done. Um, so I just never did it again. And then I got Zoe and a little while into our relationship, I was like, Hey, I'm going to try bridalist. And, um, cause I felt very close to Zoe. I felt like I could trust her. And, um, so I just put, I put a lead rope around her neck and I kept the bridle on so that I could steer like in case of emergency. And 
uh, newsflash, it did not work. <laughs> she just took off with me, and I was like, shit, okay. So um, we had to stop doing that because that was dangerous for both of us, and I don't like having to yank on her face, and it scared me, and that's exactly what happened. And she got very frustrated and just did not appreciate it. Um, so recently I was like, okay, I've done the positive reinforcement thing, did the traditional thing for forever, and now I'm getting better about riding with positive reinforcement. I think I have got my system sort of down, so now is just the time to try bridalist. Let's train it for realsy. And while I am not starting on the ground, because um, I am sure that I could do it, but every time I have tried, it has felt rather cumbersome and difficult. And also, Zoe knows how to neck rein for some godforsaken reason. I have no idea why. Literally, I'm the only person that's ever ridden her. <laughs> like, outside of the uh, jockeys and the people that broke her in when she was three. And in two days, she'll be nine for you. It'll be one day. Um, so, like, <laughs> happy birthday, Bean. Um, can't believe she's so old. Oh, my God. Anyway, she... Um, I'm the only one that's ever ridden her, and I never trained her to neck range. She just decided that pressure on means move away, and I guess that makes sense because that's how leg works for the most part, and so she just knows that. So transitioning to bridalist for her is not that difficult, but what I'm having to do is instead of just getting on and walk trotting and cantering and expecting magical rainbow sunset rides, um, I actually have to like train it at the walk. <laughs> um, so what I have been doing um, is... Uh, well, first, I did research, because that's how I work. Um, nothing is just fun. <laughs> I have to learn how to do it first, which is, I think, the way that most things go. Um, but for Zoe, I got online, because, well, hi, we're all over the place. I have been following this account on Instagram called Unbridled Wings, and her name is Melanie, and she has her off-the-track thoroughbred wings um, and or Vlad. And my cat is suckling on my other cat's ear. And it's so loud I can hear it across the room. That is ridiculous. Ew. Okay. Um, sorry. Distracted. Anyway, Melanie and Vlad, amazing, incredible team. And she um, jumps and does demos and does, um, you know, uh, upper level uh, dressage. And it's just, it's really, really impressive what they do because they do it all bridalist. And she's taken her horse to tracks and breezed him like incredible journey and he's not an easy horse it's not one of those cases where it's just like boom bam it works um she actually had to train him and um they struggle and they work through it together and it's just it's a really inspiring story um and I love them and have followed them for forever and I always wanted the neck rope that she's got that I talked about in the last episode that was apparently controversial so <laughs> I um I got it as a gift, uh, like, for not this most recent Christmas, but the one before, I think, or maybe my birthday. I can't remember. <laughs> but anyway, I ended up with this neck rope, and um, they have a video on their website called Bridalist 101. It's unbridledwings.com if you're interested. I watched this video. I took notes. I listened to each step that they went through and broke it down in a step-by-step -step process because it helps me remember things better. And I wrote down everything that they had to say. And then I, after I got done watching the video, like, I mean, it's a thorough, like, good-ass video. They talk about everything that you need to do um, 
you know, if you want to do it traditionally, um, and that is the caveat that I have to say here, um, it's very traditional, it's pressure release, pressure release, pressure release, and there is an or else. Um, so uh, it's, it's not my favorite thing in the world. So what I did was looked at that and I was like, this seems really effective. And I think that it is great, but I can make it positive reinforcement also. Um, so what I've been doing is um, essentially using the goals that they set in the video, um, which you should just go and watch it. I mean, it's it's a it's it helps you conceptualize all the steps you need to be able to like do this efficiently. Um, and so, yeah, it just helped me figure out all of those steps. And um, essentially, I was just like, I'm gonna get to all of those goals using uh, mixed reinforcement. So. What I did was I put my saddle on, got tacked up, I took Zoe to the arena, and she had a hackamore um, and reins on, and I bought this thing on Etsy. It has two, um, like, carabiners. I don't, I'm suddenly self-conscious of the way I say that word. Like, carabiners, the little clips um, that use, like, rock climbing or something. Um, it has one on either end, and then, um, like, a spiral scrunchy thing. Wow, that's really hard to explain. Anyway, it clips to your saddle and then clips over your reins to hold them so you don't have to touch them. It's for, like, if you're on a trail ride to let your horse graze so that they don't step through their reins on accident. Um, but I use it so that I can do bridleless um, without having to take off the bit and without having to worry about the reins. So um, I did that, and then I put the unbridled guide, which is what the neck rope is called. I put the guide over her neck, and... Um, used that and so I just like I just wanted stop and back so we would just walk around and I would um pick up the neck rope and apply pressure on her chest with it like by pulling back and um she caught on pretty freaking quickly um and the times that she didn't um I just would lightly pick up the the rein that was connected to the hackamore and ask her to woe with that. I didn't, like, pull or reprimand her for not walking. It was just, like, new cue, old cue. So um, that's that's how a lot of people um, in the positive reinforcement world, especially dog trainers, um, do cue transfers. So, um, you know, the normal cue for stopping is picking up the rein and pulling back, simply. I mean, without considering any other body language, um, pull up the rein equals stop. So I need to now make the neck rope equal stop. So I'm using the bridle to give her more information as to what I'm asking. So I'm not just like pulling on her chest for no reason. And she's like, what are you doing? (laughs) Um, so none of it is harsh. None of it is forced. It's just, I pick up the neck rope and, um, apply pressure. She, I mean, she caught on really freaking quickly. So I like, I'd pull and she would stop And, um, the only cases that I ever had to, like, really pick up the bridle were if there was, like, another horse that we were going to head over to because she may or may not be in season right now, which makes things very difficult. (laughs) And I was like, we don't need to go through the fence today. Um, so, yeah, that's what we, we started with. It was just a lot of practicing stopping because the most important thing about riding bridleless is being able to know that you have brakes, that your horse will stop (laughs) because, you know you can't force them to stop the way you can in a bridle if something goes wrong, or at least you can't, like, you have a better chance of forcing them to stop, like, if they freak out or something. But bridalists, it's a lot more trust, and you have to be sure that those cues are absolutely solid before the bridle comes off. Um, 
So that's what we've been doing, just working on a lot of stopping. And um, I introduced backing. Ew, burp. Okay. But with um, with each, I forgot to say, <laughs> with each time that she uh, stopped her feet, I would click and give her a treat. And I think that it's widely undervalued how reinforcing that is because like yes technically the horse is stopping because of the pressure on their chest but she's learning it so quickly and she's more driven to perform the behavior because of the reward if that makes sense not the release I would imagine that if I simply worked off pressure and release she would have learned this a lot slower because she would have been like screw you I'm just gonna blow through it and you know go do something else for a little bit because that's not reinforcing enough to her Um, and for the first few days that I was doing it, I mean, this, like, I hadn't worked her in the arena much. Um, well, I had been a little bit, but like not, not too much. And so, um, when I was doing this, it was a little windy and there were horses like running and everything. And I had to use some pretty high value treats to get her attention, but she was still working for it. And I just don't think I would have had near the same reaction if um, I had only been working with negative reinforcement because she just would have been like, there's too much going on. Stopping at the pressure of like a teeny tiny little neck rope string is not reinforcing enough. Also, I don't know if you guys can hear that, but there is a cat in the litter box next to me that is just digging incessantly. Like, I appreciate, homeboy, that you need to cover it up, but like, good lord, there's a lot of digging. And now it smells horrible in my house. Love, love having animals. Anyway, so... My point, as I've said like seven times now, I don't think that just using negative reinforcement would have been as, um, okay, reinforcing to Zoe, um, just because she doesn't respond to pressure well, um, in every sense of the word. She's just just like, like if it increases or it gets rough, she gets worse. She just gets anxious and stressed and trying to stop using more pressure like it's just so counterintuitive like if using an absurd amount of pressure like pulling really hard on her makes her more stressed and anxious the last thing she's going to do is stop so and luckily for clicker trainers um feeding equals stopping most of the time um, unless your horse does like a drive-by thing um so yeah it just helps really reinforce that stop and if i make the marker signal sound she stops pretty instantly um So that's what we've been doing. So if I pull back on the neck rope, she stops pretty reliably now. Um, It's not perfect, uh, but I'm hoping that we can get there eventually. And um, then I ask her to back. That one took a little bit of time. She was willing to move off of it, but it wasn't consistent. And eventually, like now, anytime I'm on her, if if we're stopped and I touch her with it, she starts moving backwards, which is really nice. Um, because if she's moving backwards, she's not moving forwards and forwards is often, um, scarier. So it's, it's nice to have that button as well. And also, um, I don't know if this is like common among most English riders, but I'd like, I didn't really have a back anyway. She, I never taught her to back under saddle. (laughs) So, um, now we have that. So, which is pretty cool. And anyway, so now we have stopping and backing pretty reliably. And that was like, I don't know, four or five days, um, or three or four, I think. I don't don't know. It wasn't that many. It was like probably three. And then I got on her again. And, um, this day it was just 
horrible. <laughs> like, I got on, and it was windy, and all the horses uh, from two paddocks over, there was, like, six of them, I think. They were all up at the gate, and then the two horses in that paddock, uh, the, like, directly next to the arena, were up. And so there's, like, eight horses right there, and then there's, like, three others in the paddock in between them. And then there was Ruler on the other side. So there's, like, a ton of horses, like, all right there. And Zoe was like, yo, (laughs) this is a lot. And it was windy, and everybody was, like, making sounds and moving around and stuff. And she was just, like, really, really distracted. Um, So thankfully, had carrots, which are her ultimate favorite treat. So she was super down to pay attention um, after I uh, let her look. So like what happened is I took her in the arena and I'm trying to work on stopping and turning and stuff. And she's just like not really listening or paying attention. And um, I was like, I I was about to give up and be like, all right, let's just do this another day and go back to the barn. But then I was like, okay, one last hurrah, use your trainer brain and try and solve this problem. So I was like, okay, let's up the value of reinforcement, like, or the rate. So, um, I was like, let's reinforce more often. Let's find things that she's doing right and, uh, reward her for that. So, um, first, before I started that, I actually let her look at everything because, um, the horses moved away from the fence. So they weren't right there where she would touch them and possibly squeal and like put a leg through the fence or something. Um, or vice versa, the other horse do that. Um, so I let her do that and I just let her look and like get a good look at everything that's going on so that she wasn't feeling like she needed to look every 30 seconds to like piece the whole thing together, if that makes sense. At least that's how I conceptualized it. I don't know if that's how Zoe works. Um, but that's what it felt like. So I just let her look and I put the pressure off or took the pressure off and was just like, here you go. Enjoy. And, uh, she looked and she was good. And then she just like, took her head from over the fence and we started walking around the arena again and uh I would ask her for a slight turn and she would so I would click and reinforce she would stop and then I would ask for another turn click and reinforce like just very very quick one after the other reinforcing 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 and then I really had her attention and then I could lower the rate and the value of reinforcement switch from carrots to alfalfa pellets and do it less often Um, and she was still like super willing to work and very focused on me. And then the craziest thing happened. So, um, I have only been working at walk for a really long time and, um, like forever. And I did not expect to be starting trot anytime soon, but she just kept sort of offering it. And I was like, yo, (laughs) let's try this. And so, um, she picked up the trot at one point and I just started posting and, um, dude, (laughs) freaking weird because here's the deal in every, like every time that I've ever gotten a trot, because like I said, I've been working at walk for a really long time and I've been working in the hackamore in the hackamore. She just like plows her nose into the ground. She gets so on her forehand and rushy and no amount of half halts or slowing my posting nothing works. She just gets rushy. Her tail is like just a propeller, like flicking so hard. And I can tell she's frustrated and unhappy and uncomfortable and she hates it. And so I just haven't been trying because I'm like, maybe she's not strong enough. Maybe she's not ready. Nope. That's not it. She just hates the hackamore. And I want to talk about that in a little bit, but, um, I wanted to talk about how it was in the, uh, bridalist guide or the unbridled guide. So, um, she picks up the trot. I start posting and, um, we can turn, 
we can stop. And she self-regulates. It was wild. I was like, I didn't think I was going to be able to do anything with this horse. And now we're having the, the best ride we've had in years. Like, she's just not rushy. And um, it's because I'm not on her face. <laughs> and so, like, and and the, the woe cues were so instilled from working so much on halting and backing. So, you know, when we're going around, I just have the, the neck rope payload around her neck so it's not touching her. Or at least I'm trying to. There are reins hanging down that complicate it. Um, and I can't wait till I can take those off because it's really, really annoying for me. Um, but she, uh, it's just haloed around her neck, so it's not a big deal. Um, it's not touching her. It's not giving her any cues. And so when I need her to slow down, I just lightly touch her at the base of the chest with uh, the neck rope. And she half halts and she lifts up. And then she just keeps it. Like, huh, What? And then if I just watch my posting and keep a regular or regulated rhythm, she just stays there. And she she looks round the whole time. She just keeps her head right where she should. And um, she lifts up in her back. Her hind end isn't as engaged as I'd like. But, I mean, we're just now working on trot. Also, she's had, like, almost two years off. So, like, I'll cut her some slack. Um, and so it's it's so nice. So that's what happened with that. She just like picked up the trot. I guess she was ready and maybe a little bored. So she offered that and I was like, I will take it. And, um, I can steer her pretty well. It's not perfect. We just started this, but like I said, she neck reins pretty well, um, as it is. So that helps. Okay. So here's a fun update. Um, I just took a break and accidentally had a three hour phone call in between that last sentence I said. And this one. So, um, I listened a little bit to what I was saying, so I'm going to attempt to continue from here. Um, but yeah, essentially she knows how to neck rein now and she is just a star. And that ride went from so bad to brilliant that I like just got off. I was smiling and just scratching her all ways. And I let her graze for like an hour after that. It was just, it was such a good ride. And since then we've been having a lot of success as well. Um, she's getting really, really good at steering and they have a specific way that they do it. Um, the unbridled peeps. Um, and I really like it. I think it's really clever and really helps them. I've even gotten some lateral movement out of her. Like it's, it's just been a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, that's, that's how that's going. Um, again, like if you do watch the video, I mean, I think it's unbridledwings.com. I don't know if there's like a dash or anything. Um, but she's unbridled underscore wings on Instagram. Um, but their video is very traditional way to teach, um, like bridalists. Um, it's not abusive by any means and it's not like harsh on the horse at all. Um, it's actually very kind negative reinforcement and that's why I'm using it. But like I said earlier, I don't think that Zoe would have been super responsive or have picked it up as fast without the added positive reinforcement because like, um, I don't know. I just, I find that this is moving things a lot quicker than, uh, how long it normally takes me to train stuff. And with other horses, um, that aren't getting positive reinforcement for the saddle, like her lateral work before I started doing bridalist, um, compared to how it was when I was doing traditional training to when I started trying to refine it with, um, positive reinforcement, like, oh my God, night and day difference. She was just clumsy and rushy and gross and wasn't really understanding, um, that I needed her to move her entire body sideways, um, uh, at the trot, but 
uh, or at the walk. And now, like, it just, it took a few repetitions of once she got the step, I clicked and reinforced. And then she was like, oh, that's the answer. Okay. So it's, it's a lot clearer to her than just releasing the pressure. And most of the times, if we're being honest in traditional training, we really don't release. We just keep holding and then ask for something new, you know? Um, so it's, it's really hard to be clear. And like, I'm not, um, judging anybody (laughs) who rides traditionally or anything like that. It's, it's really hard to ask for something new with like a release in between. And I think that's where self-carriage is really important. Um, but that is for advanced people, which sucks. Um, so we all have to work to get there instead of it just being a baseline thing. But I think bridalist is really going to help with that because, and now moving into some of my thoughts on, um, headgear for the horse. Um, so in my last episode, if you guys listened to that, um, I did kind of like another controversial tag talk thing, um, unintentionally just ended up talking about tag. Um, and I talked quite a bit about, um, my Hackamore bit opinion situation. There's a, what is happening outside my house? That was so loud. Sounded like a goose, but we don't have geese. Anyway, um, so I said that I would rather not have to use a bit, um, if I can keep it, like, keep something out of her mouth. Why am I stuttering? Um, the hackamore, though, I've really put a lot of thought into this and talked to several different people about it and bounced some ideas around. I don't think... I mean, obviously, it's very obvious. The hackamore is not always better. It doesn't work for every horse. And, like, I've always been a proponent of the argument that you can train anything in a hackamore that you can train in a bit. But I'm cautiously going to say that I don't know if that's true anymore. I think that if the horse knows how to carry itself already and, like, is really light on the front end already, it's probably going to, like, make hardly any difference. But if, like, and I'm not, I don't want to come across as that I'm arguing against hackamores here. I'm just, I'm saying why a bit may be better in some cases. Because if you think about the way the pressure is distributed, in a hackamore, it's putting pressure on the front of the horse's face. So if they lean into that pressure, like they, because when you're riding a horse on a bit, they need to carry the bit hold it and they usually have a little bit of reciprocal pressure between like what you have in your hand and what they have in their mouth um like a little newton's law thing like pressures equal that you exert as on the force whatever it's been a long time since i took a physics class but that's essentially what it's like and so when you try to do that in a hackamore um the horse is pushing against their nose so it's like on the front of their face which ends up i think a lot more in roll cur it's really hard for me to like explain this without a picture, but the pressure's on the front of their face for the most part. And in a bit, it, it goes straight through their face. You know, it's that straight line from the, the bit, the corner of their mouth to behind their ear. And that's, it's a straight line. So the horse can push through that. And like it had, Oh, I just bumped the mic. I'm sorry. Um, it, the horse can like push down through that. Whereas with a hackamore, they can only lean into it, if that makes sense. So like to give an extreme example in a hackamore, they're more likely to fall forward because they're like roker pushing their faces into it, getting fast on the forehand. Whereas in a bit, it's a lot harder to do that because they're pushing down with their 
mouths around it. I don't know if that makes any sense at all because I need you guys to be able to see my hands to really understand that, I think. Um, but it's it's a more downward pressure because um, the bit is parallel to the way the horse's face is structured, where um, the like the force the bit exerts is parallel to the horse's face. Um, but the hackamore is perpendicular, so it, ex- it the pressure is different. So the horse it changes the the way they carry themselves. And um, like, listen, I am all for the lightest tack, the least amount of things that you need to use on your horse, the better. But I think that um, hackamores and bits may produce different uh, biomechanical presentations of the horse. Um, Because, like, if I'm totally real, like, I switched to a hackamore because I wanted to find a lighter approach. I didn't want to use a bit because um, in the positive reinforcement world, it's kind of like, I don't know. It's it's kind of expected that you are bitless, but people like don't really have a problem with it in the positive reinforcement world. At least they don't say so. Um, so I get the impression that they don't. Um, but um, I don't know. I just I think that I was trying to be as ethical as possible and let the horse have as much autonomy and freedom as possible. So I was like, take off equipment and uh, Hackamore is just like a, a halter, so it's fine. Um, but I didn't think about the biomechanical implications of that, that it, like, it really does change the way you're communicating with the front end of the horse, um, because of the way that when the horse is in a bridle, they are taught to lean on it for, in most cases, um, not like heavily, like they're, they're just plowing on their forehand, but there is reciprocal pressure, even in self-carriage most times, but the way it's communicated is very different than um, in a hackamore because the horse can't push through and down in a hackamore because the hackamore communicates the horse to the horse to tuck its nose. So if the horse does try to stretch down, it is likely that it'll end up in roll curb because of that pressure on its nose, whereas you don't get that um, quite as obviously in a bit usually. I hope that that makes sense. I'm really trying very hard to think about how to make this as clear as possible. And again, not saying hackamores are bad or the wrong option. I don't need people coming at me for that. I mean, it's whatever works for your horse best. But, and also, like, if you're just hacking around on a trail ride and you don't care about what your horse looks like, I mean, yeah, it's probably more comfortable that you just hack them in a bitless or a hackamore. Also, I use hackamore and bitless interchangeably, so if that's confusing, I'm sorry. Um... Oh, that is the sound. Shush. Um, so anyway, I think that um, it's it's just best to analyze what is best for the horse. And if you're taking them on a trail ride, like I said, cool. Have it in a hackamore. There's no really need for a bit unless your horse is like really hot on trails or something. Um, and you're like working to get to a comfort zone and you need it for safety. Um, but like just for overall comfort but for like biomechanics sake if you're trying to work your horse in dressage and trying to achieve proper um position what is the word i'm looking for like the frame that the horse is in the right engagement and stuff i think that hackamores have the potential to be a hindrance unless the horse knows to push its face against the hackamore you know because i mean it just it it seems like the hackamore very communi- very clearly communicates tuck your nose to the horse whereas a bit they can push through it i don't know how to make this make more sense and i feel like i'm 
beating the proverbial horse here. Um, anyway, that is my stance on that. And, um, the other issue is, and I, God, this is so messy. I hate talking about my opinions online because I feel like people are like, your motivations are off. Um, but the reason I'm talking about this is because I did have that revelation and I was trying to figure out why hackamores aren't working for Zoe. And sure, I might be justifying it, but it also makes sense scientifically. So like maybe, I don't know, take it for what it is. If you don't agree with me, it's fucking freaking cool. I just, oh my God, I said the F word for the first time on here. I'm so sorry. Um, anyway, um, to, so for Zoe, I have tried so many different kinds of hackamores. Oh my God. I, um, first started out in like the typical one that literally everyone has in their tack room. Uh, the one that's like from Schneider's or, uh, tractor supply. Like that's just the basic mechanical hackamore that has a curb chain. Hated that. Did not like that one bit at all. That was the head flipper. That's what that induced. Um, so I was like, okay, she doesn't like that one. I'm going to try the just like bitless attachment. You know, the one that's like essentially a halo. They call it a jumper hackamore or a jumper bitless attachment. Like you just attach it onto your bridle, bridle and it's just like a noseband essentially that's thick. Um, that left a dent in her face uh, because of how much she pushed against it. And uh, obviously she was not well trained to respond to the cues in that. Um, so that had an effect on it, but also like that was just a disaster and that I hated that. Um, so then I tried one of the expensive gin stirrup hackamores. It's like the, um, generic mechanical hackamore, but it like, it has padding on the nose. It has padding on the chin. It doesn't have like a chain and, uh, the shanks are like, you have different sizes. Like it's a whole thing. It's very expensive. looks really nice, but oh my God, hated that one too. She went horribly in it. Like it just, she gets very rushy and I know that you can teach horses to, get up off their forehand in them but like it I don't know why it doesn't make sense to Zoe and maybe it's me that I'm not training her correctly but in hackamores like when I ask her to like when I half halt with the rain like obviously I do my body too but like when I half halt using the rain she just tucks her nose she doesn't like slow down and then she just gets tighter and tighter and tighter and faster and faster and faster. And it's it's just not comfortable for either of us. And I don't know why I'm forcing an issue because I think it's more ethical, to be honest with you. I think it's ridiculous. And uh, I know some horses go perfectly fine in them. Cool. Do that all day long. But it doesn't work for me. And um, I, I will still probably use my Hackamore for like trail rides and stuff for safety if I'm not doing bitless because I would imagine it's going to take us a very long time before we are ready to uh, ride bitless everywhere. Uh, or, I mean, uh, bridleless. Sorry. Um, anyway, but uh, the just for like comfort purposes, but I feel like there is a way to ride with a bit that still respects the horse and still makes him happier. Also, one of my motivations for riding bitless was to um, be able to give her treats more often, but the pellets I use aren't super big. I've been using like regular, like food pellet sized pellets. Um, so they're not going to like interfere with the bit a lot. Um, she's not gonna end up choking because the bit's in her mouth. Um, but um, yeah, I just, it, it seems to be more confusing than it's worth. And it makes her very unhappy when she starts getting rushy and unbalanced like that. And then when I'm trying to half halt or slow her down, she's like, I'm tucking my nose. What do you want? And, um, I really, I could, 
work on it and I could really push the issue and try to make it work. But if she goes better in a bit, like, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't really have a problem with it. I don't think bits are the like the evilest thing in the world. I think that they can be kinder than hackamores and vice versa. It depends on the horse. It depends on the training. It depends on how much it matters to you to not have a bit in the horse's mouth. I personally don't think that bits are the worst thing in the world and I don't think that they need to be avoided at all costs. I think that like bicycle chain bits and twisted or double twisted wire gag bits, leave all of that away if you're having to use that. I think that it might be time to reevaluate the training or the level at which you're competing. Yes, I'm adding Marilyn Little. Um, That's ridiculous. Or Marilyn Meredith. I don't know what we call her these days. But um, I just like I... I think that there is a right way to train to ride in a bit that you can keep the biomechanical correctness of the horse reaching through the bit and not um, like because they can reach down around it instead of um, like if the horse reaches through the hackamore, there's still pressure that is like backwards pressure instead of upwards. I don't know if that makes sense. Once again, like backwards from nose to tail and upward from bit to hand if that makes sense. God, this is the most frustrating thing I've ever tried to explain in my life. (laughs) I hate that. Um, Anyway, that is my point. I don't think the bits are the end of the world. And if you see me in one, don't hate me. I would like to be able to like work on some dressage and stuff and, um, you know, uh, do flat work properly, um, which honestly with Zoe, she's in the bridalist stuff. She, um, she holds herself pretty nicely. So I don't know if a bit will even be necessary, but I those these are the thoughts that I've been having and I wanted to throw that out there because my last week's episode was about tack. Um, so yeah, uh, just I hope that that makes sense. And um, what else is there? I just, I, I just don't want people to be like, oh my God, you're using a bit, abuse. Um, and all the people that are pro-hackamore, like, it is a thought that I never had either. I just thought that hackamores were like, obviously they're more humane because you don't use a bit in the horse's mouth and it's just on their nose and their nose is like, they can handle the pressure like fine. Um, but I think that they just, they communicate different things to the horse and you can really stress the issue and you can drain anything, blah, 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 blah. But like, why? If the horse is not unhappy with a bit, like, I don't know why we're trying to fix something that, like, isn't a problem, you know? I mean, like, I mean, yes, push for ethics, make everything better, more comfortable for the horse, but if the horse is comfortable, it's okay, and so I'm gonna eventually experiment with bits again and see where Zoe is comfortable, and if she's not, then I will find another solution. If I have to ride her off of her mane or her ears, we will find what works best for Zoe. That is my priority end of sentence um and I'm not it's it's not about ease it's not about trying to ride and get the prettiest blah 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 it's trying to like be able to ride her and keep both of us in shape and happy and healthy and uh enriched and doing something with one another you know I enjoy my relationship with my horse I enjoy riding her I value her above literally literally everything like that horse is everything to me and I would never do anything to compromise that so I promise this is not coming from selfish intentions where I'm like "Mm, the hackamore's not working I need to go back to a bit like that's not that's not what's happening um but I would like the option to be able to ride in a bit also um because I mean sometimes it's necessary also 
if I got hit by a train tomorrow, uh, the next person that gets on her would probably want to ride in a bit. I mean, unless Sunny kept her, which I would hope would happen. But, um, like, heaven forbid, me and Sunny are in the same car and we both die. Um, and Zoe gets sold. I would like her to be able to go in a bit happily, you know? I think it's an important skill for horses to know for um, safety purposes. But, anyway, that is my entire spiel on all of that. I think that it's it's important to have a versatile horse and also to understand how the equipment works instead of just assuming what is like the best ethical option because of anatomy um that is what i did and i think that that leads to flawed views but that's the only way we learn is by believing fully in something (laughs) and then realizing where uh we don't don't align because that's what I've always done. I dive feet first in, in everything and see how it makes me feel. And then I decide if I do or don't like it because, <laughs> uh, that's the only way to tell, I guess. Um, so this is where I'm at. I'm riding bridalist. Zoe's doing really, really well with it. She's really happy with it. The tail swishing has decreased a lot. She carries herself. She responds to it. It makes sense to her. She understands it and it doesn't frustrate her like the hackamore does because, oh my God, that tail goes incessantly with the hackamore. And also every time I shorten my reins in the hackamore, she speeds up because she falls into the nose pressure. Um, so it's just, it's not, it's not a good time. Uh, 10 out of 10, not having a good time. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I like to have 10 out of 10 having a good time. So that's what we're working towards. And, uh, my views are ever evolving and ever changing. I'm always learning and I'm always open to new information and new ideas. So that is the end of this episode. I hope that you guys enjoyed us, uh, enjoyed us. Oh my God. Do I have like my little personality or something? <laughs> um, anyway, I hope you enjoyed it. And, uh, yeah, you can find us on social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Jet Equa Theory, or Jet Real Podcast, save for Twitter. Um, I only have a Facebook and Instagram for Jet Real Podcast. Um, if you would like to contact me, uh, feel free to do so at jetrealpodcast at gmail.com. Um, I will get to you when I can. I am a very busy college student, so when you send really, 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 really long emails, it may take me a while to get to it, but I promise I will. Um, so, yes, that's a thing. Follow me on all the places, and I will see you guys next Tuesday for the next episode. Okay, have a good one, you guys. Bye.